Hi, it's Wes Johnson. And John St. John. And we're here for GGR Pirate Radio. Yeah, because they've got balls of steel. Yes, and we may take those from you when we're done. Anybody. And he <laughs> hasn't murdered anyone. And like 99% of the shit he does gets consent first for movies. Even if it's weird and dangerous, he talks to him first. Yeah. And yeah. there's no getting around the N word thing. There's no getting around that. Shit's weird, man. No. Um, but it's, yeah. He's, he's, he's not Roman Polanski. He's not Woody Allen, so I can. I don't want to be the guy's friend. I just want to watch movies. Fair enough. In a in a bit of performance art, folks, to those who are listening, um, just like you would walk into a diner mid conversation, we were talking about Quentin Tarantino <laughs> um, <laughs> and how I, I'm like I have a, a movie soundtrack playlist that I listen to a lot of times, like while I'm working, while I'm just doing whatever. Um, and I have some stuff from the Kill Bill Volume 1 and Volume 2 soundtrack on here. And we subsequently were talking about how he's kind of a creep. And I used to, like, for a while there, like, right out of high school, um, and then, like, in the beginning of college before I joined the Army, I really wanted to be a director. I wanted to be a film director. That was kind of my goal. Um, and I really I loved his style. I loved the way he did things. And then... The older I got, the more I just realized, like, man, he is kind of gross. And, like, you start hearing about all the behind-the-scenes stuff, like how he basically almost killed Uma Thurman during the filming of Kill Bill. <laughs> like, Yeah, that truck yeah. stunt was not done well. No, it wasn't. And then, like, yeah, it, there, and there's a lot of other things, too. Like, for instance, the whole... Um, from Inglorious Bastards, the scene where, um, I can't remember the actress's name, but she's being choked. Yeah, uh, Diane Kruger. Yeah, sh- that's his, those are his hands. Those are his hands. Yeah. He talked to her about it beforehand. He said, yeah. it never looks real enough, so I want to, um, I want it to be real, if that's okay with you. And she was like, okay. And they did it. And that's the scene in the movie. Man, like you said, he loves the N-word. And it's like, and like, what's weird about it is the way, like, I'm sure you've seen the interviews that Samuel L. Jackson has where they mm-hmm. ask him about, like, yo, what's up with this? And, like, I'm, it, I don't want to say off-putting, but it's very odd the way Samuel L. Jackson reacts or responds to it. Like, Sam Jackson responds in this way that it seems like One, he's tired of being asked the question. Yeah. Two, um, Tarantino is a, I mean, he's not the only part, but he is a significantly contributing part to Sam Jackson's career. Um, Yeah. And they are friends. Um, And I think that Jackson has respect for anybody who's going to do what they do unapologetically and unabashedly. Even when that means, you know, doing something uncomfortable or unpleasant. And so, honestly, like, <clears throat> Jesus. Um, I just had some cereal, so I'm a little flippy. Um, <laughs> You're good. 
I it, it's really only Pulp Fiction for me. Yeah, where it really stands out as being like, why is this scene here? Oh, uh, or yeah. at least why is the dialogue that's in this scene here? Because there was a big dog pile on uh, Django Unchained for that same thing. And what I, it's, I mean, it's weird to say, what I appreciate about the way it's done in that movie is it is done so casually and so often that it really showcases like the degree to which white people were fucking horrible um because it's just like it's just a descriptor like that's just what they are so that's the word we would use yeah i mean um, i get that i'm not saying that makes it okay but like yeah <laughs> i mean like and it's it's for me it's not really a matter of like okay or not okay it's not yeah um I, it's I can have an opinion about somebody's art, but it's not really my place to say whether or not they did it right. That's um, fair, yeah. It's, you know, that's the way he chose to make his movie. And if, if honestly, if, if you don't want to watch it, don't watch it. Uh, if it makes you uncomfortable and, and it's not something that you feel is, is, uh, is worth your time, hey, don't invest in it. Um... But yeah, no, there's there's no getting around that fucking Pulp Fiction scene. That shit is weird yeah. and awkward. Um, and like, it's 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 not even like the the which is also nonsense. The hard hard R versus uh, a soft A argument because yeah. like white people don't have a leg to stand on in that argument. But at least there's an attempt there where it's like, well, you say it, so I thought I could say it. Nah, man. That's hard R's from Tarantino, that whole scene. Um, yeah. And that shit is weird and gross. It is. And there's a certain amount of me that wonders that, like, it was early in his directing career. Because at this point, like, before Pulp Fiction, it was Reservoir Dogs. And before yeah. that, he wrote True Romance. Mm -hmm. But, like, there's an interesting through line with that. Because in True Romance, there's a scene. There's, yeah, there's definitely a couple scenes. Yeah, where they where it just keeps getting used. Like, he, in there's the famous scene with Christopher Walken and Dennis Hopper. Mm -hmm. Like, and Dennis Hopper uses that word pretty liberally. And, like, it, it just, a lot of people will be like, oh, that's the best scene in the movie. And, it, and I just, it's just kind of messed up and like it's not kind of there's no way around yeah it. <laughs> it's i mean the scene's intense but it's just like when you think about like the usage of that word and how it was used as an insult to this mafioso and it's just like this is this is gross man and like i'm wondering if he's grown as a person but that's the other thing is tarantino never admits fault in anything like ever he's just no. like that's who he is and he's unapologetic just like Sam, Sam Jackson is kind of unapologetic, not unapologetic, but like unwilling to discuss it. But like you said, he's probably sick of it at this point. But like, it just, it makes me wonder, like as these movies progress, because there's another one, like in Kill Bill, in Kill Bill Volume 2, um, it's not just that word, okay? 
At one point, Bill comes to visit his brother, Bud, and Bud and him are having a conversation. And the conversation is really good. And they're talking about how, like, Bud hasn't talked to him in forever and, like, how Elle is basically out there looking to kill him. Mm -hmm. And he says, I don't dodge guilt. And I hate saying this word in this context. And I won't Jew out of my comeuppance. And, like, that stuck with me because I was like, why did you choose to use that word? And like the excuse could be, well, that's what the character would say, but you're the one that wrote this man. So the character didn't have to say that. And did it really, did, did you, did using that derogatory term? Cause ultimately, yes, the word Jew itself is not derogatory. It's how you use it. It's a context. Yeah. Yeah. Like, did that really add anything to that movie? Is, it, is the movie now all of a sudden, or that line all of a sudden not as impactful if you use a different word? And it just like, it, it, it it's one of those things that knocked a pause on me. I, like enough so that like I'm watching the movie, I'm enjoying it and I hear that and then I'm just like, huh, all right. That was a choice. And like, I, I don't know. I mean, maybe that's why I'm not, <laughs> I can't say that's why I'm not successful. Um, Maybe that's why I was never a film director because I wasn't willing to just throw derogatory slurs around all the time. Like it's, it stinks to think that people are going to defend that kind of stuff. I mean, it's also, look, I'm not going to sit here and tell you how you should feel about that. Yeah. But I've heard plenty of people say that that way, particularly white men of that age. Yeah. I mean, it I've is... heard white men of younger age living down here in Fredericksburg. Uh-huh. Shit, when I was working for GameStop, when douchebags would come in and trade their video games in, and you would be like, all right, so we'll give you $45 for the whole thing. And they're like, oh man, why are you trying to Jew me down? And you're just sure. like, the fuck? Like, it's yeah. that's, that's the issue that I have with it. It's so casual that people will just throw it out and nobody says shit about it. And it's just kind of like, like, I get that this is something that people say, but it's really not something. I mean, if you really think about it, it's the same thing with, like, if you say, oh, man, that guy really gypped me. That's a <laughs> slur towards gypsies. Like, it's it's fucked up, man. And, like, yeah. we, we've talked about it before. The kind of things that you don't even realize are, like, racist or, like, hateful that we, that have just become part of, like, the way we talk. Yeah, but you got to think, for the most part, when so, like, when Bud says that. yeah. Bud's not supposed to be a good guy. No, he's not. Bud's a fucking asshole who lives in a little trailer by himself. Um, like he's a piece of shit. Like we're supposed to expect that of him. Um, and I think that that is part of you know good or bad part of Tarantino's style is like I am going to include. Um, if like my dialogue is going to be as natural as I can make it, um, in places, and that includes racism and bigotry, derogatory, uh, particularly shit. very yeah. casual. Yeah, um, it's true, that's a good point because his characters aren't people that are looking to, um, be sensitive about that stuff, um, necessarily. Like, you know, he is. I don't know. I just think that he writes characters in a way that they're very fully fleshed out. And that includes um, really unpleasant shit sometimes. It's the South Park thing that we've talked about before. Um, I think Tarantino is a product of his time. 
He is a, when I think of Tarantino, I think of the 90s. And like that whole, like, this is the way it's going to be uncensored, unfiltered, for better or for worse. And like, yeah, are they real? Oh, 100%, because we've all heard people say shit like that. And it's it's interesting. I think about this a lot where I'm just like, is that the kind of thing that you want to have in a character even now? Because is it going to cause issues? And like, is it defensible? Like, if I'm creating a movie or I'm creating something and I write that and I say something like that, as one of my characters says that, is that going to cause extra backlash because of that and they're gonna say well you know this is inappropriate they shouldn't be saying this you chose to put this in the movie i did yes because that's how people talk yeah it's i don't know man it's it's a fine line i feel like and i just wonder like okay yeah so that's how people talk but what's really to be gained with that um i mean for for me it, it adds a sense of authenticity um, it's not about, like, I'm not going to sit here and be like, well, it's realistic. Um, I mean, it is, uh, that is how people actually communicate. Um, so it does make the world feel more lived in. Um, could you do without it? Absolutely. Um, but I, but I also appreciate the, the fact that like his characters have warts, his characters, um, are, very much imperfect um and it kind of falls to the viewer to either make peace with that or not yeah i mean that's that's fair like and it's not like i like movies any less um well you know that's the thing is i haven't watched them in a really long time and like i'm trying to think of like the issues with kill bill in general like there's there's that there's the language but then there's also the fact that like no, you know what though? Yeah, it makes it more real. Like she's in a coma for how long? What, eight years? Something like that? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, like maybe I maybe a little bit less, but like yeah, it's it's several yeah. years. It's more than five. Yeah, and like that you've got the the two characters in the in the um hospital who are just having their way with her whenever they want. And like it's gross, it's disgusting, but like at the same time it kind of prove that proves a point but like it shows these are pieces of shit but like at the same time it's not like that doesn't fucking happen in real life and it's like it's true yeah. i i am more i am more likely to bulk at um sexual violence than i am at language yeah um like Oh yeah, me too. No, I don't want to be like, oh, I can deal with the, you know, with the rape, but nah, <laughs> like them saying Jew, mm, no, absolutely not. No, like, yeah, because that's just as bad. In fact, worse. It's way worse. Yeah. It, it I don't know. It, it's been a while since I watched it myself, but it felt very much like, okay, um, Beatrix needs to get a car. How's she going to get a car? Well, what if there was a character who just so she was able to get a car from them like okay well how does she did she steal it what does she do and it's like i need to find a reason for her to be able to take this car from this person and have it not be a problem for any reason how can i do that and again like i don't know what his thought process where it was for for breaking that down and and making that happen um 
but you know you could go through the motions and be like well you know if he was raping her um or he was using her as like isn't that, isn't something about like he's he's like just prostituting her out yeah yeah and basically yeah, the one dude gross. the one dude has already done it a bunch of times but then is literally like having people pay him so that they can come fuck her yes yeah Ugh. Ugh, it's fucking disgusting yeah um that's Tarantino, yeah, that's, though. Like, I mean, I mean, he did the same thing. I mean, like, he, how many no. other scenes do we have like that? Um, the Pulp Fiction scene with the gimp? Okay. There's one. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm trying to, I mean, off the top of my head, like, I'm trying to think of other ones. Like, I, that's the worst. That's that's what's fucked up about this is I literally have to think, like, what other fucked up shit has he done? Like, in his movies, like... Yeah, like that's he he really likes rape, doesn't he? Um I I don't know, man. Two scenes out of like 10 movies. Yeah. That's yeah. I, I feel like that's not really a fair argument. That's not I just feel like but that's still two scenes. That's still two sure. like very impactful scenes in very impactful movies. Like that's that's a I'm not saying that that's a lot because like it, I feel like getting into like the statistical analysis. Well, when you look at the number of movies that he's created, the number of like oh, he's he's well below the threshold of of, of 27.6%, which is I mean, actually like, how we define what is too much rape in a movie. Like I you know what I'm saying? It. Like yeah. I understand your point, but yeah. when if you're going to try if the argument you're trying to make is like yeah. Tarantino is a director who uses rape a lot. Yeah. Define a lot. Like, is it at all? Yeah. Because if that's the case, then we got a whole lot of directors we need to point out yeah. and talk about. But if we're talking about like, yeah, it's gross. There, I'm not gonna. I'm not saying otherwise. Um, but I don't know. Like, I feel like there, there's plenty of other things to talk about, and that as an example, it. I don't know. I don't, I feel like that doesn't hold water. Um, Again, if you don't like them, don't watch them. Yeah. Flat out. Yeah. Um, it's but, one of those things, like, it's more about, like, as we open up the conversation and we just start discussing it, like, I start thinking back and I'm like, oh, so this is not the only time that this is this sort of thing comes up. Yeah. Like, it's it, it was it's never like a, well, at least for me, it's never just like, well, fuck him, he's horrible. It's just more like looking back on it. It's like, wow, I guess there was a lot more to this than just... This is the movie that's being told. It makes sense from a from the standpoint of the way he works because he doesn't really do subtle. Like that's not his subtlety is really not his his game. In certain in certain aspects, he does it well as far as like storytelling, but like a lot of times he wants the extremes. And that's that's a very extreme thing. It is the worst thing you, you can do to somebody in many, many aspects short of killing them. And like that's an extreme that he goes to. This is I want to. I want you to see this powerful person, and I want you to see them in this extreme situation, so that like they lose their power. Their power is being taken from them, yeah. especially with like Marcellus Wallace. I mean, again, from a from a standpoint of a story, it makes sense when you're looking at the balance of it. But it's more so like I don't want to say it's interesting. It's just like 
I'm wondering if that's what makes him, not those scenes, let me be clear. If that's what makes him a good director is that he plays that duality. Like, the, let's flip the script. Let's do this and show this person in this situation. But like, it's really about the extremes. It's about the raw. It's about, I mean, Pulp Fiction is about these stories that were like that, these very raw, visceral things. So for him to go to those extremes, it makes sense. It's just one of those, one of those aspects that like as a kid, when I'm watching this as a teenager, I'm just like, wow, this is really intense, man. I've never seen anything like this before. And then like now as an adult, like taking all of it into context and just looking at it and being like, was this really necessary? Is this what is, because there's so many other things about his movies that are good. And there's so many other things that are innovative. It's just like, I wonder if those things were, were absolutely necessary. Would the movie still have been as good if we took those extremes out of it? I'm inclined to say no. I, I think that it's part and parcel for his style and his storytelling technique. Um, I don't, I can put it this way. It wouldn't, would it be better or worse? I honestly, I can't say no. I, I yeah. can't say yes or no. Would it be different? Yes. And that doesn't necessarily mean better. Um, it is not often that making things as widely accessible uh, to a broad audience makes that somehow makes that better art. Um, broad comedy is rarely the best comedy. Um, so, and, and and this applies across the board for all things, for all like particularly uh, for all art. Like, there are things that just people are not the audiences for. Yeah. Um. There's going to be stuff that people watch, and and it's just not for you, and that's fine. Um. I don't expect that everything that is made is is designed for me. Um. And so, yeah, I like, like we're talking like now we're talking about like actual censorship. We're talking about the, the, you know, not, 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 not the like, oh, well, somebody edited something um, like, like a studio edited a movie and this is the edit that was released yeah. at censorship. Well, no, it's, it's, it's film editing. And sometimes there are scenes that work and scenes that don't, but to then have something that exists and you go back and remove that, that censorship. Yeah, that is is about um, you know quieting a voice for whatever reason. You know, again, good or bad, um, and I don't know. It, like this 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 particular kind of conversation always kind of raises an eyebrow with me, mostly because it's there's an I I don't know. I I feel like I sound like an asshole if I say it's dangerous. <laughs> But there is something about, you know, at what point, is, you know, where where's the line for certain things? Like, what is, what is the, the thing that we're going to say, okay, well, yes, this is a real aspect of, 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 of our society and, and our, um, the way we communicate, yeah. um, the way, like, like things that happen, um, but does that need to be in this particular piece of art? Maybe, maybe not. Um, I don't know. I feel like I'm just talking in circles at this point. 
no, I, I think it's I think it's a valid conversation because like well let's look at um I don't I don't think you've watched it yet uh The Handmaid's Tale I watched the pilot and I couldn't watch past it I've watched the entire Too series fucking intense man like we're about to start the new season and like it's 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 just funny because that you know what happens a lot in that series I I know exactly what happens yeah. a lot in that series it's and like I don't I want to be clear I'm not saying like oh Tarantino should shouldn't be able to do the things that he's doing it's more just like taking all of the stuff that I've that I've ga- gathered as a human being and looking at it and saying and like it, it's hard to like divorce yourself from the fact that like there's speech that you can have that is like socially acceptable and then there's the shit that goes on in your brain like where you're sure. just like is this something that I want to say out loud kind of thing and like when I start thinking of of like these movies and stuff like that that like I enjoyed as a kid and I'm like these there's some scenes that are really really rough were they necessary kind of thing I'm not saying that they should be removed so like I'm I agree with you on, on that aspect but like like you said where where does the line get drawn who decides and who doesn't like what is appropriate and what's not appropriate it's more so like is that extreme what makes him so good? Is it that he's willing to go to that? Or is it that it's the, it's it's just like anything else. It's not a binary answer. It's not a yes or no, right or wrong. Like it's all layers. Like in some cases it probably is too extreme. In other cases it's not. Like, think, but again, yeah. too extreme for who? Exactly, yeah. I mean, and like the 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 answer to, I mean, and there is, there is an answer to, you know, who decides that it's the individual. Yeah. The individual decides what is too much and what isn't. Yeah. Um, I, we're you know talking about Tarantino. We just watched uh, Django Unchained. Me and uh, a couple friends of mine. Yeah. Um, and they are younger white folks. Um, and they. I mean, I, I wouldn't say they're 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 more liberal than I am. Yeah. Um, but they might be a little more sensitive to certain things than I am. Yeah. And no, I mean, I know for a fact that they are. Yeah. And, you know, before we watched the movie, it, it just kind of occurred to me. I was like, oh, hey, um, you obviously, you know, that this is about slavery um, and set during that particular period. There's a lot of hard R slurs in this movie. And they were like, yeah, OK. All right. You know, that, that makes sense. But good to know. And. I'm watching this movie with them and they're enjoying it overall, but like seeing them like physically cringe at that word, um, which like, I'm not like, yeah, that's, that's perfectly in my lexicon all the time. But I say it when I was making eggs this morning. Yeah, it, no, I mean, yeah. it is something that I grew up around and, and almost the vast majority of it, not from white people, black folks. Yeah. Um, and so I do have, you know, less of a sensitivity to it. Um, obviously, in context, you know, I'm not here supporting racism. Um, but it was, it was interesting to see just how much it had affected them versus me. Um, and yeah, it, it was just, you know, the 
it, it, it really comes down to like, what are you as a viewer comfortable with? What are you okay with? And I, I guess I kind of balk at the, the question of, is it necessary? Because the answer to, to that, I think, is like, well, nothing is necessary. Nothing is required yeah. in terms of um, this is the only way or this is the way a story is told. Um, I, I feel like the better question is like, what was gained by having that, um, or lost, uh, you know, why, why did this person do this in, in this particular way? Yeah. Um, and I, like, I think there's a lot to be, uh, said and explored with, that question whereas i feel like it, i feel like the question of is this necessary is um comes back to sort of a, a stance of like allowance like will we um like justify to me why you should be able to do this um you you want to have like this particular language in there all right let me hear your argument um like that's one of those things the mpaa does yeah is essentially like you know once you get a rating you there's an appeals board if you want to and you basically have to make your pitch for why it's okay that you did x y or z yeah um to tie that which, in do you know why in the first kill bill movie it goes when she's cutting up the crazy 88 do you know why it goes from regular color to black and white i imagine because he got an nc-17 yep that was all they had to do and that's that's for absolute me, nonsense yeah i'm like that's all you had to do and like i want to be clear on this as well because I, th I think you get it but like it's oh, not yeah, just no, a, i totally do yeah it's not a conversation that just you and i are having we're this is for my audience uh this is for y'all so you kind of understand like our thought process with this i like as somebody who likes to pretend that they're an artist um <laughs> like be like i do podcasts we've done the the playcasts i i, I dabble with art in my in my free time like i like to think of myself as an artist i can watch something and understand that sometimes art is supposed to make you uncomfortable because it's supposed to help you grow and like sometimes that's a great thing and it's that's what i'm trying to understand is like when where is that line because they talk about it like i don't do you remember it might have been before your time but like, I'm sure you've seen the clips of it, but like when they're talking about like the whole parental advisory sticker that like they forced on the music industry. Yeah. And it also, it grew and they started talking about pornography and somebody saying, what's the difference between art and pornography? And somebody is like, when I see it, I know the difference. There was the, the judge who was making the, the ruling yeah. in the, um, the obscenity case. Yeah. Like what's the difference between this and obscenity? Like it, it's such a fine line and like it's it's really hard to say I, I think really what you said nails it it's really up to the audience member they should be able to make the choice for themselves is this too much is this too extreme for me because like there are movies where like they i want to say it was was it called last house on the left yeah. um yeah where i think you know exactly which scene i'm talking about it's ties in with everything else we've talked about like at one point um they basically like capture that family and the the killer like the the guy who's the murderer like ends up raping the young uh the daughter like oh, no, that happens before like that's the impetus for what happens after the fact 
Yeah. The girl is is caught by the the group of uh, criminals. Yeah. She gets raped and they almost kill her, but she manages to escape. Yeah, she's swimming away and they shoot her and like, yeah, the, the father who's a doctor ends up saving her. Yeah. But like, I remember watching that scene and being really uncomfortable watching it. I was yeah. like, this is really hard to watch. But like, I'm not saying that that wasn't an unnecessary scene for that movie because it makes sense for the whole context of the thing. Same thing with like Kill Bill because again, like it shows this is where the character's at, this is how bad things were, and then this is their more or less triumph over it. But like it was just one of those things where like this is why we talk about art, you know? Like this is it's doing sure. exactly what it's supposed to do. And like, I would never say that like, well, Tarantino's movies are trash. Um, they're uh, filth. No, they're art. Like, I think he's, there. there's some of the things that he's done in movies that are just absolutely beautiful, I think. There's some things that are really, really innovative. And I think that that's, cause like, I think of it the other way around. If you take no risks, nobody talks about you. If you make this safe, basic movie, like really no one's going to be like, they'll, they'll, they'll do the, meh, that was all right. And I wonder if we're going to run into that with things like Disney, because Disney doesn't want to potentially offend anybody. However, them taking that approach is <laughs> is offending the people who are like, I'm not a snowflake. I can't be offended. And they're the ones that are the most easily offended by like women and black people being in movies. Yeah. Like it's 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 such a funny balance of what's going on in our country. Well, honestly, the world right now and just hearing people try to vocalize why they're upset and why they're offended when they're saying like, well, I just don't get She-Hulk. What don't you get? Well, I mean, that's fine. Yeah. You don't get it. Yeah. It's good that you can acknowledge that. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's. We talk about this a lot on 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 this podcast and like. Because honestly, it's important, but I honestly think the reason why we talk about it so much is we don't really understand it. Is like, because that's, at least for me, like I want to understand why people are so upset about all this all the time. And like, I think it's because it's challenging something that they've never really challenged before. I think that like, hey, you love Star Wars, right? It was great. It came out in the 70s. It was fantastic. You know what there wasn't a lot of? There wasn't a lot of women. There wasn't a lot of black people. There wasn't really any representation of people of color, like, except for, like, maybe Lando Calrissian and, like, one X-Wing pilot in Return of the Jedi. Like, we need to try to diversify this because this is a, di a diversified world. Like, th there's people of all colors, all races, like, all sect. Like, we should have representation across the board. And the fact that people are upset about that, it, that's what is strange to me like why is that upsetting to you um all i say all that to say this in watching the most recent episode of she-hulk we're not going to go into it because we'll talk about that with with mc when he's back um there was a line where jen is talking about being she-hulk and one of the things that she's able to do that she not when she's she-hulk that she can't do is jen she's like i can walk down the street at night with headphones and like i I'm not stupid, let me be clear. <laughs> At least I don't think I am. Um, but I had never thought about that. Because like, I've done, I've done that plenty of times. Like, I'm walking down the street, I have headphones on. Who's gonna fuck with me? I'm, you know, I, I've never thought of that because I never had to think that somebody might try to mess with me because I was wearing headphones. But that's something that women have to think about on a regular basis. And that really like, it was a one-off line. It was 10 seconds of dialogue. 
And, but it really stuck with me. I was like, damn, that's a fucking thing. And that sucks. And it bums me out to think that like people could be gaining something from this, but they're not even giving it a chance because they're like, oh, it's just a ripoff of Deadpool, which we've talked about before. That's not the case. Actually, Deadpool's a ripoff of her. Like, there's so many things that could be gained from this, but people are shutting themselves off from seeing any of it because they've made a decision before they've even given it a shot, which honestly is the exact thing that I'm talking about with Tarantino. So I have to take ownership for that where I'm like, well, I don't know if I want to watch this now because it, this is what, you know, this is the thing that it's uh, condoning. It's not condoning it. It's, it's the way he's using it. It, it. He's using something that's very powerful and going to elicit a very powerful emotional response from you. Yeah. Whether that's right or wrong, watch it and figure out for yourself if that's something that you want to watch. So, yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I, I thought, I, I definitely think like with she in particular, as the show has gone on, it's gotten better about more naturally using that, like the, making those points and um, including those, the, those particular lines. Um, because that, that moment when, when she was going down the list of like, you know, the things that she likes and she says that there's a smash cut to Nikki and she's like, every woman's dream. And they cut right back to Jen and she just keeps on going. And it's a joke, but it's it's the joke of like, yeah, it's it's funny because that is very small. That is a very simple um minor thing, arguably. And that is a thing that a lot of women just can't do. Um the joke is that it's so absurd that uh she would be celebrating this that it's only after she gets super strength and is and is damn near invulnerable that she can just not be worried about being you know robbed assaulted sexually assaulted you know going down the street unmolested at night yeah um so yeah i yeah it's i think tarantino's work like any like any other piece of art um is it's what you bring to it it's what you make of it it's your interpretation of it for some people it's going to be you know way past the line um for others it's going to be you know well yeah this is this is the world i've encountered this is um how people function how people interact uh why would i have a problem with that um and i think like the, the, that point about Kill Bill with the, the, you know, the black and white is just a great example of um, to a large degree, like corporate perspective on things. It's not what you say, it's how you say it. It's okay. It's perfectly fine that there is blood everywhere. Uh, there are limbs being chopped off. People are being decapitated and shit. It's the color. Can we change the color because the red is just so red like do you that think that they, no one yeah. thinks that there's blood coming out of people because Shot it's not awesome. red like what could it possibly be yeah but that's the way that they um are fine with it that like that degree of censorship is fine and hey that was a um a decision that Tarantino and Miramax uh, made and were comfortable with um, for that particular sequence. Cool. Yeah. Um, I I think you do find that 
uh, a lot of art. You get, you get, sometimes you get much more interesting art when you do have given parameters you can work with them. Yeah, because you have to come up with creative solutions you to problems. You have to be creative, creative for, problem, for and, problem solving. Yeah, and like think about it like as an artist, Mr. Rambo, one of high esteem uh, in my in my eyes. Um, when somebody says, we, I, we've talked about this actually like offline too. Um, when somebody says to you, I don't care how you do it, just makes me something cool. It gives you, we, we, we jokingly call it at work, we call it analysis paralysis, where like you've analyzed the thing so much, you don't know what solution to make because you don't have any parameters. And like, that's the way I, it's, it's difficult when somebody's like, yeah, create whatever you want. And you're just like, fuck, I don't even know where to start. But if yeah. you, if you're given, Hey, I want it to look like this. And this is the kind of thing that I'm looking for. Hey, take a look at this picture. You see this? I want you to do something like this, inspired, like not inspired by this, but similar in scope. You're like, fuck, I can do that. Yeah, absolutely. I know exactly what I'm going to do. And you already have ideas flowing. So yeah, like when there's no parameters, it can be difficult, but like some of the best stuff comes from not censorship, but like having to know where the lines are. You know, it's fucked up in the movie Psycho. You know what they had a bigger issue with? Not the the fact that like norman bates murders a woman in a shower but that they showed a toilet yeah <laughs> it was a big fucking deal when lucy and ricky ricardo went from two twin beds to one master bed or one, like one queen size bed that was a big deal they couldn't that, even say the word pregnant that's why that joke is in wandavision when they have the two beds and Wanda makes it into one, yeah, that's because of of, uh, of I Love Lucy. <laughs> but yeah, they yeah, little Ricky is there. We knew that that uh, that Lucy was pregnant. She had to be. You saw her pregnant. You know what that means. But if you say the word pregnant, oh no no no. They would say like in a in a way. I'm trying to remember exactly what the phrase was that they would use in a in a child oh, I don't way. Remember Some, something fucking dumb in fifties. Something incredibly stupid. Yeah. Um, that was just about like, I'm like, about what? Like, what are you? Who are you protecting? What is? What is? Like, God. So right now, I think it's uh, I think it's Gillette has an ad campaign. Um, where they are, it's, it's the, the, the recent spate of like Dove and a couple other companies who are doing this sort of like, um, capitalist, uh, uh, um, what's the word? Um, I can't think of a fucking word. It just, you know, they're, 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 they're exploiting, um, feminism and yeah. everything else that like all these like like very like forward-thinking causes um in order to make more money and like you do the current campaign is about pubic hair and <sighs> there is like an animated video and a song about a pube uh singing yeah. about like you know why won't anyone even talk about me yeah. and um <laughs> and all this kind of shit while at the same time like Gillette sells razors. Yeah, that's what they do, and 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 basically their their point is like, if you want to shave it, shave it. If you want to trim it, trim it. 
If you want to keep it as it is, that's fine too. Um, but we're going to talk about pubic hair because yeah. everybody has it. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's a thing. And my, when I see my cousin, it's my yeah. mom's cousin. So she's in her like, you know, fifties. Um, she posted about it on Facebook and all of these old white people are clutching their pearls. And I'm just like, what's the problem? What is the issue here? What it's just, you know, it's, it's just, it's, you know, what if the, what if, what if the kids see it? I'm like, why would that be an issue? Kids are going to get pubic hair one of these days. You know that, right? Like, explain yeah. to me. you tell me why that would be a problem. Do you think that they're suddenly not going to grow grow cubes? Do you think that anyone in this thread, anyone commenting right now, does not have pubic yeah. hair? Because I mean, if you have alopecia, then probably not. But if you don't, yeah. So why is it an issue? Why are you making it an issue? So <laughs> uh, you know this. I haven't told the, the the audience. So hi, audience. You get to hear another inside story. Uh, at one point, Sandy's mom was down here staying with us. It was one of the reasons why we didn't record one week. Um, Sandy's mom is a pearl clutcher. Um, and that commercial came on and Sandy was laughing so hard because her mom was so upset about it. <laughs> but like, it, it's a fucking thing. Like, you, it's something you deal with. And if you're going to be not, I don't want to say a prude, that's the wrong word for it. But if you're going to be unwilling to have these conversations about it, then like, how are your kids going to grow? Like, which is ironic because we're talking about pubic hair. Um, but like having a 13 year old boy, guess what? I get to have these conversations with him. But no, like the thing that I find really funny about this yeah. is the only reason this company is able to make this ad is because people are so fucking weird about it. Yeah. If it was just a thing mm -hmm. that was normalized and discussed something we all gotta deal um, with they wouldn't be able to exploit it they wouldn't yeah. be able to at least not in the same way yep um but like they knew it was gonna be controversial they knew it was gonna be a big fucking deal yeah. people were gonna flip out about it and like yeah. it's so funny like I, you know what debbie, debbie didn't share it i was gonna say she's the one who was helping perpetuate it she didn't share it i had to look it up um and i see it and i'm like this is really this is it. This is the yeah. thing that's blowing your fucking mind. Yeah. This is so silly. It just, it makes me think of, um, that's another conversation we can have in a minute as well. Um, it makes me think of the stories that they used to tell of Elvis when Elvis would be watching one of his many TVs that he had and eating dinner. Cause he, he loved watching, watching TV and eating dinner at the same time. And like a commercial for like, like, Massengale would come on and he would be like, oh man, this is gross. I don't want to see this shit. And then he would shoot the TV with his gun. Yeah. Elvis would have shot his TV over the pube commercial. Absolutely. Like for sure. And like, it's again, it's funny in the moment when you're talking about it, but it's just like the Tarantino stuff. You hear these things, you laugh at it. And then you think about it and you're just like, wow, he would have been a Trump supporter for sure. And he would be upset about these things. Oh, and yeah. it's He'd be yeah. an awful piece of shit. Oh yeah. And like, it's, it's so funny hearing all of the people who are using history and facts to prove that Elvis was a piece of shit pedophile. And so many white people are so upset about it. Like, it's so funny hearing it because like the dude stole music. Like, 
literally was like, hey, if Elvis records your music, you no longer get to say that you were the one that wrote it. You no longer get to have any rights to it. Just be glad that Elvis took your song. Yeah, That's it. The king has taken your song. And it's one of my favorite Dolly Parton moments mm -hmm. is that she wrote, was it, was it Jolene or was it I Will Always Love You? I think it was I Will Always Love You. Um, and Elvis wanted to record it. And she was like, eat a dick, old man. Well, she was, I mean, she was down at first. She was really excited. Yeah. And they started laying out what it meant. Yeah. Like how this was going to function. I, yeah. I don't know if it was a writing credit. I think it was, but I think it was like, it might have been like a production credit or something. Yeah. But it was definitely like, you don't get to say this anymore. Yeah. And you need to add him. Basically, you, he has to be part of like this now. And she's like, but he didn't do that. Yeah. No, absolutely not. Yeah. That's why she's a goddamn treasure. She's, oh, that one's amazing. Yeah, she really, truly is. Um, yeah. I saw this funny thing that was saying um, the reason Wolverine is such a, or it, the way you can tell that Wolverine was Canadian and made for an American audience was because his superpower is healthcare. The superpower is healthcare, yeah. Yeah, like that made, yeah, that made me laugh. Like, whoo. He could automatically heal himself. That's amazing. Like, and only Americans would appreciate that. <laughs> like, I, I still don't understand. Like, well, no, I do. You know, capitalism, yay. Um, maybe I'm dumb, but I just feel like if we did have free healthcare, wouldn't that make everybody's lives better? Because then people would actually be able to do the jobs that they want to do. Because, like, I think about it all the time. Oh no, you just answered your own question. Yeah. Why? Uh, why isn't that a thing? Yeah. It'd because that up. means people yeah. aren't obligated to do work they don't want to yeah or people they don't like yeah doing shit that, that is awful yeah yeah that's why i i remember when i was working at custom inc every thursday they would provide a catered lunch and ah, yes the pizza party effectively yeah uh and when i moved from production art to, uh, to expert production art the I was in training it was it was the first time that anyone that they had hired outside the company for that position everyone else had, been, had always been you moved from PA to EPA yeah and for the first time they moved over, people over to EPA so these were brand new employees coming in to do this job it was fucking nonsense that they wouldn't hire outside the company there was all kinds of dumb bullshit like you know oh well your PA numbers aren't good enough so you can't move over to here that is like saying, oh, um, when you were selling cars, you only sold like, you know, 60% of what we thought you should. So we're not going to let you work on cars. That's how much those jobs had to do with each other. They're completely fucking unrelated. Anyway, um, so yeah, it's brand new employees and a Thursday comes up and they're like, ooh, free lunch. And I was like, stop, stop right there. Do not call this free lunch. It is not a free lunch. It's a catered lunch. It is part of the perks of working here. I'm like, what are you talking about? I said, if you call it a free lunch and you associate it as being free food, when they inevitably take it away, you don't have a leg to stand on. It is not free. It is catered. It is part of your compensation for working here. And they looked at me like, okay, grandpa, like fucking crazy man. And within six months, I remember somebody hearing both of them talk about that. They're like, ugh, this shit. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. 
yeah, not so crazy anymore, am I? And it's it's crazy like a fox. It's good to, to have that kind of shit acknowledged where like you yeah. um particularly when it's like, you know, when the way you're reacting seems to kind of fly in the face of the culture overall, like most people are reacting per, like this particular way and you're just like this is weird. This is weird that you're doing this. Um and you have somebody else be like, no, 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 it is weird. And you're like, yeah, yeah, okay. Someone is acknowledging that, that the way I feel is yeah. legitimate and it makes sense. Um, but yeah, fucking custom. Huh. Goddamn company. Yeah. It's, it was funny too, because GameStop used to do some shit like that, but a much bigger scale. So like as a store manager at GameStop and anybody who's worked there can attest to this. Um, the pay is not great as a store manager, it's okay. But the expectations of you is just like your salary and you're gonna fucking work yourself to the bone and that's the expectation. And then once a year, you get to go to either Vegas or some other place, like San Antonio we want one year, for the big gaming convention. They cover your hotel room, they cover your food, like you get to see all these cool video games, you get free shit, right? Free video games, free t-shirts, things like that, right? To your point, that's compensation mm -hmm. is what that is. And it's kind of fucked up when you really think about it, that that's their justification why you don't get more money. Yeah. Like why you don't have enough money to live. I can't pay my rent with like shitty buffet style breakfast in the morning at, at, at this Vegas convention. I can't pay my rent with the hotel room that you paid for at Mandalay Bay. No. Like, I can't pay for my rent with the free copy of Halo ODST that you gave me. Like, if you were wondering when I worked at GameStop, I just added my <laughs> timeline. So there you go. Um, it's it's just like, again, it's it's fucking capitalism, man. It's just like, it's, it's insane to think. And then when you ask questions about it, you're the asshole. And like, especially like the thing that is blowing my mind right now is the unionizing. Like a lot of places are unionizing. Like I'm seeing Starbucks is across the board. Like good for them, man. Fucking unionized coffee. That sounds great. Like I would totally support that. The fact that there are places that people work and they're trying to organize labor and you hear other like members of management and leadership saying like, if you continue this, you will be fired. There's a fucking episode of The Office about that mm -hmm. where Jan says, let them know that if they're trying to do this, they will be fired immediately. That's illegal. She can't fucking do that. And nobody thinks anything of it. Nobody says anything because nobody knows. And like, that's what corporations prey on is your ignorance. And like, that's crazy to think that like, hey, you're trying to talk to other people who work at this place that you work at to make sure that everybody's getting treated fairly. We don't want that. Please don't do that. Like, what the fuck? Like, we literally, it was it was Labor Day. Like, what, two weeks ago? That's what that holiday is about. And, like, ironically, I worked on Labor Day. Uh, but, like, it's just, it's it's crazy to think that, like, we, we take all these steps as a society to, like, improve things. And then we just forget the lessons that we learned. Cause like, fuck, the Simpsons do that shit. The Simpsons made fun of unions and organized labor on a regular basis. Like, oh, Teamsters are lazy. Oh, unions are, unions are shit. Like, 
maybe it's tongue in cheek because it's a fucking cartoon, but like it still puts it out there, you know? Yeah. And it's crazy to think that like a lot of people still have this perception that unions are bad. I mean, we've been trained to think that. Yeah. We've been, uh, uh, it's been drilled into our heads that um, union labor is bad and because it's it's anti-capitalist it's it's um it's it's well, specifically anti-corporate um well our, i mean we're, we're all a family here so why would you need to be able to negotiate on your own behalf like we'll take care of you well why should i why why should you be worried about that if what you're going to do is in my best interests and i tell you what my best interests are shouldn't you just do that no, no no we know better what are you talking about how could you possibly know better we're telling you what this is the fucking the fucking railroad shit yeah like the money it wasn't about money they couldn't take days off yeah oh sorry yeah. i have a surgery scheduled uh, well you're on 24 7 so if we need to call you in we need to call you in yeah what yeah and, and apparently like Part of that ties back to like, um, like the, the those particular labor rules are the same rules that govern how flight attendants are charged and paid, or not charged, but how they're, how they're paid. Uh, I don't I can't know the specifics of it, but like something along the lines of like that's the reason why flight attendants are only paid while the plane is in the air, and not while like they're doing their job otherwise. Which is fucking insane. It's absolutely ludicrous. Um, like, think about that. Think about, like, you went into work one day, and you're doing all the admin shit. That, like, you're you're about to get on the phone, and you're doing all the admin shit you need to. Yeah. But you're only being paid when you're on the phone. And, and like, specifically, taking a call. You're only being paid when you're taking a call. That's it. So if you're just in the standby queue... No, you don't get any money. Get the fuck out of here. Absolutely not. Yeah. That shit is bananas. Yeah. That <laughs> Yeah, that's absolutely insane. Like to the point where we at work like make a point of like as soon as you sign onto your computer, you're you're here, you're working, you're getting paid. Like that's it. Like we're like so. Don't sign in early. Like uh, unless we have like, I know that sounds like kind of bad, and it and to a certain degree it is. But like if you're gonna sign into work, like don't do it until it's actually time to start working, because we want you to be paid for all the time that you're working. Now at the same time, I wonder if like we should start looking at it as like for all those people who have to commute to work, especially now that we have to come back into the office. If that's something we should be looking at is the commute time considered part of your work day. I feel like yes, it should be. Yes. 100%. Yeah. Anytime I am devoting to work. Yeah. Anytime I'm devoting to work. Yeah. I should be being paid for it. Yeah. And that is not an unheard of concept in several countries. Yeah. And that's, that's what's crazy to me too, is like they were breaking it down 
um, with the railroad thing, to kind of tie back to that, they were breaking it down and they were saying like, this is how much money they made last year. It was like $15 billion. And they were like, you know, if you just gave the people the money they were looking for and the time off they were asking for, you still would have made $10 billion. Like, it's fucking insane. What the, what the fuck? But it's not like, enough. It's never enough. Yeah. It's how that, that that's the thing for me is like you're talking about like it's fictional money at this point, you know, like 10 million or 10 billion, not not million billion like that is in obscene amounts of money. You would never as a person ever need to want you would never want anything ever again. You would be able to have it like we'll use me, for example. Hey, I could use some work on my teeth. I mean, they're pretty nice, right? But like, I have like one tooth that has like a filling in it and the filling is cracked and like, it's a whole fucking thing and I don't like the dentist and I have anxiety. But like, if I had the money, if if uh, if I was a billionaire, you know what I would do? Fuck it, give me fake teeth, all of them, made of titanium. Let's replace them all. All of them, fuck it. Like, then I would never have to worry about it, right? Cause all I would have to do is swish my mouth out. Good, right? Who gives a shit? But like, that, it's crazy to me to think that somebody could have that much money and just be like, I need more. Yeah. And like, it's that the dragon, like it, it's, yeah, it's so, human dragons. Yeah. It's so funny when you think about it too, like that we never, I mean, you probably did cause you know, James Rambo is a smart guy. Um, but like, I didn't put together until recently that the dragon thing, the whole, like, that's an analogy for like <laughs> that is an analogy for people who hoard wealth and like I, I don't know why i was never able to put two and two together for that until just recently until i was like oh Didn't shit, click. yeah right that's crazy yeah man it yeah yeah like the other thing that's always like not baffling to me but like that always is like funny to me with this is like especially like with the conversations that are be having having now like in our world with like oh well um why do we have to have um why do they have to be black elves in lord of the rings like why do you have to make this political? Why does this have to be political? It's been fucking political since the very beginning. Like, what do you think smog was? A giant dragon holding down the people, hoarding all the wealth. You, you don't think that that was some sort of analogy? You don't think J.R.R. Tolkien was doing something with that? Nothing? No, it's just a fucking dragon. First off, how'd the dragon get the money in the first place? Did he put it in his mouth? He uses little dragon arms and like has a satchel and throws it. Like, how does he pull that? I would like to know the logistics of that. How does the dragon get the money there in the first place? Is it people? Is he like, hey, I'll give you a, a coin if you bring all these wheelbarrows full of money up to my place. Every barrel of coins you can keep two. <laughs> Aren't you lucky? Consider yourself fortunate. No, because he wouldn't, because he's hoarding the wealth. And then, yeah, but that would be, then it would turn out that Dragon is actually using trickle-down economics, which it would be the only instance where it's actually ever worked. But no. I don't know. How does I don't it get know, it man. 
Fucking nerds, man. <laughs> um, it is. It truly is. Um, instead of bitching about stuff, let's talk about things that we're enjoying, James Rambo. Let's talk about that. Okay. Um, I'm actually really looking forward. So tomorrow we have a date planned, which is exciting. Um, yeah. Um, we're going to this. Uh, there's a fast food place. It's a um, Filipino-themed fast food restaurant called Jollibee, and I've never been. And there's one in Northern Virginia that I'm going to go to, and we're going to meet Mr. James Rambo there, and it's going to be a very, very good time. Are there any other restaurant chains or restaurants that you've heard of that you're just like, fuck, I really want to go there, and I've never been before? Do you have like a bucket list of restaurants like that? Because I do. Not really a list that I've kind of put together, but there's a couple of spots. Like, I've never been to an In-N-Out because I've never been to the West Coast. My friend... When you get a chance, you're in for a treat. <laughs> I, we, I was in Vegas for a fucking GameStop convention, and I definitely, um, it would have been expensive, and I would have had to have hired a taxi to do it. Um, but instead, I decided to walk across a very, very busy highway. Um, not just like a highway. This is like 95 that I was crossing. I think it was like Interstate 20 or something like that. Like mm -hmm. in my fucking flip flops, like an asshole, um, crossing eight lanes of highway to get to an In and Out so that I could eat like a fat kid. And it was so enjoyable. I enjoyed it so very much. It was so good. They have, um, they do this thing called animal style with their yes. burgers. Yes, where it's onions and mustard in the actual hamburger. And then they do, it's essentially like a Big Mac where they put like the Thousand Island. Oh fuck, it's so good. Yeah. It was it was worth potentially dying for. So. <laughs> I mean, that's, it fucking better be. <laughs> I'm looking at the I I I was leaving a, a Phil's place last night and I yeah. happened to drive by he lives in Alexandria yeah and I happened to drive by the fucking Jollibee yeah and I was like oh yeah okay that's where that is yeah so I'm looking at their menu right now yeah it is so interesting to see like we talked about this earlier the the sort of cultural norms from different places um and like what is sort of just a like and and like there's there's signage on the on the restaurant is like you know chicken burgers spaghetti and i'm like spaghetti <laughs> okay i mean it's it's not really any stranger than anything else yeah but it's just not the thing i would expect to see and so that's why it's kind of sticking out in my head but like apparently a new product they have is chicken a la king pie it's a little hand pie filled with chicken a la king because why not because why like, not <laughs> fuck it tuna pie same deal wait tuna pie yeah <laughs> <laughs> what's what's crazy do you know what's in the spaghetti though uh no what's in the spaghetti cut up hot dogs okay yeah but that's i don't know about you but when i was a kid like so that's what you did sometimes like you'd have like spaghettios you cut up some hot dogs you're like fuck now it's gourmet look at me i never did that yeah um but yeah fucking hot dogs and shit yeah tiny tuna pie you, you like you can just buy these pies and did like you just say tiny tuna pie tiny tuna pie that's that sounds like like a youtuber's name peach like, mango pie ube, ube cheese pie i'm like that 
we're basically going to have to do like a tasting menu at this place. Oh, 100%. Like that's the um, way I was envisioning it. I was envisioning we were going to buy a bunch of shit and just lay it out on the table and be like, let's try this. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Y'all can't see it because, you know, it's a podcast. But like the look that was just on Rambo's face. It's so, <laughs> it's so different than yeah. what I would expect. Yeah. And I've all like, and and not bad, but just wholly unexpected. Yeah. Jolly yeah. spaghetti and Palabak family plan. Family, excuse me, family pan. Family pan, not family plan. Although, if you could go and like get some sort of like uh, uh, integrated pay, you know, <laughs> you know, you have X number of meals for the month. Listen, across your family at, for, uh, for 20 for for 30 bucks a month i'll put you on my family plan for this rambo and we can just go to jolly be whatever we want to <laughs> i mean who am i to sit here and judge yeah i'm going tomorrow to eat this yes yeah burner snake man. what the fuck yeah i'm i don't want to say i'm torn torn's the wrong word but like i this is either going to be amazing or it's going to be like this could this could be like not life-changing but it could be something where just like oh holy shit this is amazing or it's like wow that was really a lot of weird things that none of them really fit together but it's also like there there's i'm seeing a lot of things that that kind of remind me of like hawaiian food as well yeah they have um, like the spam sliders which i want i want to try those like breakfast burger steak and it's basically locomoco it it is getting fucking locomoco done um it is a um here's a little like pilaf of rice here is a fried egg here is a little steak burger with mushroom gravy on top of it done it's fascinating like yeah. to see how similar and how dissimilar certain things are like this what is, what is this well filipino culture for the most part like not like i'm some fucking expert the only reason i know any of this is because when i was um in my early 20s i was dating a girl whose roommates were all filipino and when i would go visit her at college <clears throat> it was always like it was it, interestingly enough, right around my birthday. So like 15th of February was Filipino Heritage Month. And they would do this big Filipino Heritage Festival. And I would try all their food and like all of like the roommates' families would come down. So I would meet them and interact with them. So I learned all about this stuff. And it's like this weird mishmash. It's like, because the French were in that part of Asia at, at various points, Americans were there, the Spanish were there. Like it's named the Philippines after King Philip of, of Spain. So uh, like- Oh, no shit, okay. Yeah. So like, it's this weird mishmash of like five different cultures, which honestly, like when you get that cultural mishmash, it also, for, from my experience, means you get some really fucking dope food. Like Cajun yeah. food, for example, is like that. Um, yeah, so the Philippines have this like really, really interesting cuisine that is kind of a mix of all these things. Like I'm, I haven't looked at the menu yet, but I'm wondering if they have lumpia because lumpia is like a staple of like the Philippine cuisine. There is a breakfast thing. Um, they have uh, they have something called Shanghai rolls. 
which look a lot like Lumpia that I've seen before. Um, and part of me wonders how much of that is like anglicizing things. Yeah. To make it to make it more marketable, because maybe like Shanghai rules rules. If you look that up, uh, Lumpia, uh, Lumpia, Shanghai. Um, Filipino deep fried appetizer consists of a mixture of, uh, yeah, it's, yeah, it, it seems like they have it, uh, for breakfast. Um, but like this menu is fucking expansive. There's a lot going on here. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, I'm certainly interested. I am certainly curious, um, and, and excited and looking forward to this, like a peach mango pie. That sounds fucking dope. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, fucking Loco Moco. That, that's straight up what this is. Yeah, burger steak with fries and the drink. It's yeah, it's a little a little burger patty with a mushroom gravy and some rice, uh, and side of fries and a drink. Yeah. We're gonna fucking throw down tomorrow, man. Shit's gonna be dope. Um restaurants that we've never gone to that we want to go to. Um I'm trying to think of any of them that are like on my list that I haven't gotten a chance to go to. Um, I'm a fucking huge fan of diners, drive-ins, and dives, man. And I've seen some places that like Guy Fieri has gone that I'm just like, fuck, I want to do that. Um, and I can't even think of like all of them off the top of my head. Um, I've done White Castle. Like White Castle is a very like, like regional specific. I've done that. I've done Crystal, which is the Southern version of it. And honestly, they're the same fucking thing. Um, I've gotten to do In-N-Out. Um, I tried Whataburger. Whataburger was really fucking disappointing. Really? Yes. It was very bland. It was very basic. And I was just like, this is not that good. Um, if I had to compare the two, because Whataburger and uh, In-N-Out like coexist in the same space oftentimes, In-N-Out for sure. In-N-Out was way better than Whataburger. Yeah. Um, I've found that like, and I, it's in a comic and Hawkeye is taking the side of what of In-N-Out and oh, Peter Parker, yeah. Spider-Man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so like, luckily, five guys, five guys is ours, dude. Five guys is spread to the rest of the country, and it started in the DC area. Like, it started on I want to say it was in Route One in in uh, Alexandria, um, or that might have been like the second location. But there was like, yeah, like that's a local chain, which is yeah. dope. Um, in fact, like the it started as a fucking kiosk at Potomac Mills Mall in Woodbridge. Um, one of the guys who's one of the co-owners is this guy named Mark Mosley. Mark Mosley was a kicker for the Washington football team. Um, in fact, one of the only kickers to ever be the NFL MVP. That's how good this dude was. He started his own franchise. It was called Mark Mosley's Famous Fries. It was it was Boardwalk Fries basically, and they had a kiosk in the mall. And it also sold like hot dogs and shit. Um, it was the first time I, had, I remember being a kid. It was the first time I'd ever seen a foot long hot dog. And they put it on like a regular bun. That shit was amazing. I was like, this is the longest hot dog I've ever seen in my life. Like, how am I going to eat this? this? I'm like five. I'm like, this, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. Mark Mosley went on to work with the guys from Five Guys and like helped invest to help them spread, to help them grow. So like, that's kind of cool. And like the whole French fry thing, they kind of work together. Like, it's, it's just kind of cool to like, I don't want to say be part of because I didn't do shit other than like let me buy a hot dog and some french fries but like to kind of know where these things came from at least yeah sure yeah um oh jack in the box never been, yeah, to, a jack never in the been box. to a jack in the box yeah I have never been to a jack in the box yeah I've I've heard that like it's both wonderful and gross at the same time 
and that like Jack in the Box has tacos of questionable origin yes, that are I've fucking amazingly delicious. Like, <laughs> I've heard the same. I like, dude. I fucking love Sonic. Yeah, there is. Uh, there's one out in, out in Manassas. I was out there last week, and it's just delightful. Yeah, it's fucking great. Fucking super crispy, fresh tater tots. Yes. Yeah. Oh. I forget. I, I forget that you don't have those up there. They're not around. Yeah, there's not. There's and, not really any around here. It's such an easy out for us when you come visit. I should just be like Sonic. Huh? I'll never say no. You know what's crazy about that no. is the other place that you really, really like as well that you don't have up there, Bojangles. Um, Bojangles and Sonic are right next to each other here in Fredericksburg. Like literally right next to each other. I was, where was I at recently? Oh yeah, I had to go between offices yeah. uh, at work. And I was like, all right, I'm gonna pick up food while I'm out. And sure enough, there was fucking Bojangles like two minutes outside the uh, the the one office I don't ever go to. And yeah, it was all, it was fucking great. That's my that, that's a whole story. I'll tell you later. Um, yeah, yeah, man. I don't know. Like, there's there's definitely like fat kid food that I just haven't had a chance to have yet. Yeah, and I'm very curious about. Yeah, so looking at this Jollibee menu. <laughs> Can't stop thinking about that Jollibee. Um, um, I. I the ube cheese pie, I'm like, that is a strange combination. Ube is the purple yam. It's the, the purple right? yam, yeah. yeah. But I'm like, cheese, like like cream cheese? This, is, this looks yellow, like nacho cheese. So, <laughs> Or like cheddar cheese, which, um, going back to Pulp Fiction from earlier in our conversation, um, at one point they talk about having a piece of apple pie with cheese on it. And I was mm -hmm. always just like, is that a thing? And then I saw more and more people talk about that, that, that is a thing. So, I mean, the, the sweet and the savory, salty together, I guess. Maybe it's sweet regular cheese. cheesy goodness and a crispy crust. They sure know how to market, don't they? I mean, like, yeah, I'm going to try all of these things. <laughs> I'm trying to think of any other fast food or just restaurants in general that I've always wanted to try. So in my ventures and making all of these food-based logos that I've done, Man, like there's so many times that I, I am making logos and doing research on cities and it just makes me hungry as fuck. Um, there's like when I did Los Angeles, Los Angeles is famous for the French dip. French dip being like a um, like a prime rib sandwich with like onions and then it's dipped in uh, au jus and like horseradish. There's horseradish sauce on it. That was invented in Los Angeles. And there's two places there that... It's, it's funny, like a lot of big cities do this. There's always like two that are like, no, I created it first. No, I created it first. Like cheesesteaks in Philadelphia is like that. Um, and there's always like those two to like compete with each other. But yeah, like the, the prime rib sandwich is like that. Um, I'm trying to think of some of the other ones that I've seen that I've like, I've never tried that before and I really want to. Um, I was, it was funny. I was having a conversation with somebody um, uh, that's in our Facebook group. Uh, I actually think... It, I, I am friends with them because of you, Erin, uh, and I don't want to butcher her last name. I think it's like Cullinane. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, we were having hi Erin. Hi Erin. We were having a conversation about because um, I made a Juicy Lucy logo that I was messing around with, and I sent it to her, and she was joke. She was busting my chops, and she's like, "This looks gross." And I was like, "What do you mean?" She's like, 
you know how like sometimes you'll see an image, especially as an artist, you're drawing something and like you're so like into the minute details that you don't really like pull back and look at the thing. And then when I pulled back and looked at it, I was like, oh, I could see where that would be gross because this looks like it's something, not a hamburger with cheese oozing out of it. Okay, cool, fair, fair enough. And then we started joking about how when I've been doing the food ball stuff, there have been a couple of cities uh, or regions that have foods that I'm like, this makes perfect sense because it's named after the region, but I can't name the thing that because it sounds gross. The Boston cream pies. I'm not naming a team the, the cream pies. It's <laughs> probably not a good idea. No, it's not. And like, I actually did it to Indianapolis because um, Indiana's state pie is the sugar cream pie, but I called them the, Indi the Indianapolis sugar pies. Mostly because fuck Indiana. Um, like fuck that state and everything about it. Um, if you ever want to know why I hate Indianapolis, uh, there's an article uh, that I wrote about Baltimore because the Colts, the Indianapolis Colts were originally in Baltimore. Indianapolis stole them. It's a whole fucking thing, but you can read the article. It's, it's, in, it's in my football stuff. Um, but I started thinking about that of like all of these foods that I had to avoid because I was like, yeah, we can't do that on the racist end. I couldn't do Boston baked beans because Boston baked beans have a lot of molasses in them. And the reason they have molasses is because of triangle trade. And I'm like, Hmm, not going to do a dish based on, on, on slavery. No, thank you. Um, yeah, but like there's, there's a couple of cities like Pittsburgh has this thing called chip chopped ham. And they do this sandwich called a ham barbecue where chip chop ham is basically like spam. It's like all the ham leavings smashed into a loaf and then it's thinly sliced. And what they do is they lightly fry it and then they put barbecue sauce on it. And I'm like, that sounds like that might be really good, really gross, but really good. Um, I, I would definitely like lo love to try something like that, but I don't know how I would get chip chopped ham here. Yeah, I don't know, man. Yeah. And I don't really I'm sure you could fucking order. Like, that's the other thing is like, we live in... We live in the future. There's, you if you really want something, there's no reason you can't yeah. get access to it somehow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also, what's fun about this is like, as I'm I'm seeing all of these different things from these different areas um, that I want to try, you get to like learn about these like famous restaurants that started them. Um, when I started doing the college ones, I'm starting to see like unique things that some college towns have. And then there's other college towns that don't have dog shit. And Penn State is one of them. Penn State, literally, it, it's, <laughs> from what I could find, the most famous thing there is chicken tenders. And they're like, what? That's it? <laughs> yeah. When you look it up, they're like, what is, um, when you're looking at like what the students have to say, they're like, what's unique about the game day experience? And they're like, oh, getting chicken tenders from the stadium for a football game. They just, they slap different at the stadium. I'm like, that is the dumbest shit that I've ever heard in my life. Like, <laughs> yeah, so, and I, I just ended up, like, doing something that was, like, unique to the state, because pretzels are, are, are a big part of uh, Amish culture, like, Auntie Anne's, did you know that Auntie Anne's was, that, that's an Amish um, pretzel recipe that they're using? No, I have no they, idea. Yeah, um, and a lot of the Amish population is in Pennsylvania, so I did pretzels, so it's Pretzelvania, ah, pretty creative, I know. Um, get yourself a t-shirt, it's pretty sweet. Um... <laughs> I'm trying to think of like any of the other ones that really, really jumped out. Um, oh yeah, Detroit. Um, in Detroit, they have these things called pushkis. Pushkis are like a Polish jelly donut. And they look- Oh yeah, okay, I know what that is. Yeah, they look fucking amazing. And I would love to try one. And like, 
things like that. Um, I used dim sum for San Francisco because they were the first city in the in the country to have a Chinatown. Um, mostly because like, I just want to try, like, is it so wrong to just want to travel around the country and just eat a bunch of food? No, like many people make a good living doing that. Yeah. I just want to be Anthony Bourdain. Like, just yeah, I was, I was listening to, um, Andy Richter has a podcast called the three questions. Yeah. And him being Andy Richter, he just gets a bunch of famous people on and they talk about shit. Yeah. And the episode I was listening to was, uh, Phil Rosenthal. Yeah. The guy who created Everybody Loves Raymond. Yeah. And he had a, or he still has a show called Every, uh, Somebody Feed Phil. And it's just him traveling the world, trying different food and doing things. And he said his initial pitch for it was, uh, what if what if you had a show with somebody like Anthony Bourdain, but he was scared of everything? So he's like, I will never get like a tattoo uh, by some like random person before I go have a meal, I'll never like go on like a fishing boat or anything, but I'll eat everything. I will, I will try all the things. And so it's like this, this, this <laughs> middle-aged Jewish dude who is just like, I want to have all of the things you will, you will prepare for me. Just bring it to me. I will eat all of it. Um, and, uh, yeah. And I, I also tangentially learned something about him, about, his family, this what it was, about Marie from Everybody Loves Raymond. Yeah. That made me like her more and less simultaneously. Yeah. Which is that she's essentially based on his mom. Yeah. Um, who was a Holocaust survivor and um, was also like, so, so among other things, because of that, like, um, she had like, huge abandonment issues which like when you look back at that, that fucking raymond you're oh like oh, God. oh that that's makes so, a lot of sense it does that's so <laughs> sad but also so like sad. yeah <laughs> it really um, is yeah but it, like he, he he was talking about the first time he sold a screenplay and he worked with a friend of his um back in like 89 and um they sold to HBO. They sold to yeah. HBO for 70 grand. Damn. And he called his parents and he, he talked to his dad first and his dad was like freaking out and jumping around and all this shit. And his mom gets on the phone. She's like, why is your father reacting like this? What's going on? And she, and he says like, I we, you know, we sold a screenplay. And she's like, that's wonderful. Like, you know, what, what could you make for something like that? And he said, HBO is going to pay us $70,000. No, he, he said, I'm I'm going to get $35,000. And he said, there's this long pause on the phone. And she said, do you know that you and that me and your father have worked our entire lives to have that much money in the bank? And he said it. He said that she didn't say it like she was proud. She said it like she was angry, like she was mad at him. Like, where the fuck do you get off? <laughs> like. How one fucking thing. dare you? Right? Yeah, like honestly, like, like <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> and he and like he was laughing about, it, but he was yeah. all just like Jesus, like what the fuck, man? <laughs> that's funny. That's that's funny because like honestly, like that kind of shit happens with 
I can tell you from my Jewish mother experience, that shit does happen. The first time I was able to pay for a Disney World vacation all by myself as an adult, I was very proud of myself. Me and Sandy and Jax and Chelsea, we all went to Disney World. It was out of my own pocket. It was money that I had earned for working at the place that I work. Um, I tried to, yeah, that place, yeah, you know, the place with the things and the stuff. Um, and I called her to be like, hey, we're here, we did it. I did it all by myself and she was sad. And I'm like, so you'd be proud of me, man. And she, like, like you said, it's this weird Jewish mother guilt that they give you. <laughs> like, oh, but you didn't take me. Yeah. Oh, so you don't need me anymore. Yup. There it is. Like, there Jesus it is. Christ. <laughs> yeah, right? Oh, so oh, so you, you don't need me. It's not why I was calling you. I was hoping you'd be proud, but here the fuck we are. Congratulations. In 10 seconds, you made this about yourself. Yeah. Thanks for guilt tripping me again about something that didn't need the guilt trip. But yeah, here we are. Thanks, Ma. Appreciate you. <laughs> it is. It's, it's fucking funny, man. It's funny the way parents do shit like that. Um, I, I don't know. Well, it's, it, you know, what's funny about that is like they're Italian and everybody's lo- loves Raymond, but yeah. like, like, that he oh, was going some cultural things are yeah. <laughs> are universal yeah, nothing's some some cross culture yeah. yeah some things are universal <laughs> yeah yeah that's that, it's just fu- that's funny that there there are some things that are that are cross cultural like you said um wow that's crazy to think of yeah oh was, yeah he said specifically like um yeah he told this fucking story about his uh his uncle, so I guess his mom's brother, um, who managed to, um, like, I think he went to a concentration. I can't remember which it was. I think it was that he went to a concent. His, his uncle went to a concent- concentration camp and managed to get out. And then, like, even upon being liberated, he went back to Germany and he was instrumental in starting the, um, the the I can't remember what it's called, but it's the program that the German government still honors today, which is yeah. like if you had a business that was um no, that's what it was. That's what it was. He he left, like most of his family left on Crystal uh, uh Crystal Knot. Yeah. And um and and his uncle went back and w- once everything was liberated and was like helping people and he helped to start that program and um so he like he left his his uh, 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 his sister and all this, and he, the German government got so angry with him for putting them in that position that they like trumped up some charges about uh, some bullshit and they put him in jail and that's where he lived for a couple of years and then they died. Um. And so, like, that's a huge part of her abandonment issues is, like, you're going to leave me and you're going to die. And this is a woman who, like, made it through Auschwitz and came out the other end. Like, she managed to survive there. Um, And so you're like, man, that is, that really kind of puts Marie in a different light. It doesn't make her a better person. Um, or but really least, more tolerable, but yeah, you're like, well, fuck, I guess. At least you understand why. Ugh. Yeah. Like, <laughs> t- 
Jesus Christ. But at this, I mean, okay. But at the same time, Marie, the character's based on that mother, but Marie was not a Holocaust survivor. No, Marie was just awful. Just a, <laughs> just a fucking piece of shit. Um, oh, this is a perfect tie-in because she plays one of Brick's teachers in the middle. Yes. We finished the middle. Okay. And goddamn, was that show delightful. It is very funny, funny show. I, like, I really, yeah. I really, truly enjoy that show. And like, it's it's good. Like, I, I really enjoyed that. Like, okay. So one of the things that I really enjoyed about it was, you know how like, oftentimes they did this with the, with the, um, the Connors on Roseanne. Like mm. when, back before the reboot and Roseanne <laughs> losing her fucking mind. Um, they just like, they were just a blue collar family and they were just struggling to get by. And like, they never really poke holes at any of it being like on them. It's just, this is just the way it is. We yeah. just work hard to do what we have to do to raise our family, you know, and, and get along. Um, in the middle, they do that, but also make fun of how shitty they are with managing their own stuff. Yeah. Because like, I'm, I'm sitting here watching this and I'm like, all right, Mike has a job as a supervisor at a quarry and Frankie has had a job as a car salesman. She has been a dental hygienist. I'm like, they should have enough money to get by. And no, it just turns out they're fucking awful with their finances. But like, and it's, and it's, some people might see that as, oh, they're blaming them. No, that's realistic as fuck because like, they're, all of us have done that at various points. And like, it just made it more like, realistic i thought and like i loved i i absolutely loved it. i love that like they don't fix anything in the house like at one point there's the hole in sue's wall and then all of the wall is gone and then they fix it with fucking poster board and mm -hmm. then axel goes crashing through it axel and they never fix through the wall yeah yeah and they never fix it like it's just like so i'm sitting there I'm rationalizing and I'm like, I'm like, Mike is a handy dude. I guarantee you that he could fix that. Same thing with the cars, all the problems with the cars. I'm like, I know that Mike is handy enough to be able to fix the issues with the cars, but they don't want to, eh, fuck it. I think it's, they don't want to, but also like Mike works all day at a quarry. He does, yeah. He and he comes have to home and he's shit. tired. He's yeah. like, what? no, it's, the car's not broken. Yeah. It's fucked up, but it's, it still runs, so it's fine. Yeah. yeah. When you, you oh, there's a hole in your wall. Great, there's there's put a poster over it. Yeah, who gives a shit? Yeah. Um, what, oh, Charlie something. What is the name of the kid who plays McDermott. Axel? Charlie McDermott. Charlie McDermott. That motherfucker is yeah. one of the best physical comedians I have ever seen. He's so there funny. There is a scene in like season three or four where yeah. um uh what's mom's name? Um, Frankie. Frankie. Frankie's on the phone. Yeah. And with like his teacher or principal or some shit. And she's trying to get Axel to either like put something on or like come over to her. And like he just keeps like twisting and turning and moving around and avoiding her every way he possibly can. I we must have watched it like three times back to back. Yeah. It is the funniest fucking thing. And he's just He's so good. Like both of their timing is incredible, but yeah. his in particular, like for being as young as he is, yeah, it's just fucking amazing. God damn, that shit is funny. Yeah, it really is. Like he, I, I, I truly enjoy that show. And like, what, what made it even more, 
us, and, and by us, I mean like me and Sandy, because we watched it together, is that like Brick is special. And like Jax has, uh, Jack, Jax is autistic. And like, we watch this and there's so many things we're just like, yup. Yeah, mm -hmm, exactly that. Like there's so many moments like that. But then there's also so many moments where we're like, God, Brick is an asshole. Brick is 100% an asshole. And like, I watch this and I'm just like, man, I'm glad our kid isn't that much of an asshole as well. <laughs> like, and it just, it's just funny because like, they're no longer characters. They're real people. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they just are like, they're just people, you know, they're, they're, this ties back to our original conversation. Yep. They are fully three dimensional characters. Yeah. And that means that they don't have to be any kind of perfect representative for anything. Nope. Brick. There's no disputing that brick has, is, 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 is neurodivergent. Yeah. At all. But that doesn't let him off the hook for being a dick. Yeah. Like, there are things he could be doing to make his life easier, to make his parents' life easier, um, to just function better overall. Yeah. He just doesn't do them. Yeah. Part of it is just because he's a kid. Yeah. Why should I care? Um, But, yeah, the fact that, like, all of them are, like, 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 yeah, none of them are perfect. Sue is naive to a point where it's just infuriating yes but um, also adorable i mean like she's very sweet and very cute but it's also like come the fuck on you're a grown-up like you're, yeah. you're now like getting to the point where you're being an adult you need to accept some responsibility for how the world works and, and like your part in it well they um, even tackle that at one point when she goes to college mm -hmm. when she goes to college and she's just like i love america it's great and all the other kids are just fucking roasting her. And she's like, I just don't understand why they keep saying that I'm part of the problem. And like, I just, I love America. What's wrong with that? It, it was so fucking funny, but it was so dead on too. Like they really like, without like banging it over your head, they show that they are dealing with the same shit that like a lot of us deal with. And I thought that was, I thought that was really, really well handled the way they did that. No, I was really impressed with that show and Particularly considering that I, I would see like a clip or two and be like, ah, I don't want to watch this. But it was just one of the series that like we, um, like fucking during the pandemic, we were just like, all right, what what can we pick up now? Yeah. And that was one of the half hour sitcoms we could put on um, and just burn through it. Um, but yeah, yeah. no, it, they're, they're fully three dimensional characters. Um, it, there's no disputing the fact that there are. Um, people that are like like some of those characters are um like, like a thing none of them are all good none of them are all bad they're yeah. all perfectly flawed which is really impressive and it's one of the things that makes the show work so well is you can look at them and see that they are they, that they feel like real people yeah. it's this i mean it's the same thing with marie from from uh from raymond yeah. like Marie is awful. Yeah. Indisputably awful. Um, but you can see, like, the, the reasons for certain things. You can see, like, um, the... It's not a justification, but you can see the, the explanation for why she feels the way she feels, why some of the things she does are the way she does them. Um, and it's it really adds something, because you, yeah. you get to feel... Um, 
you get to feel a lot of different ways about the characters. Yeah. And it's a show, don't tell, for the most part. Like, yeah. I, I love that, like, it's, it, and it's consistent in its inconsistency, meaning that, like, Axel is not nice to Sue pretty much ever until he no. is. Yeah. And it's, and it's like little spurts, little here and there, because if it, if it shifted all of a sudden, you wouldn't understand why. I mean, like you would understand why if they like built it in and he had some like soliloquy and he spoke about it or fucking whatever. But like that's not real. Like that shit doesn't happen. But like brothers and sisters hate each other, and then all of a sudden they'll do something really fucking nice for one of them because oh, yeah. yeah. So like it, it's yeah. That, that's one of the things that I, I I love about that show. And like they feel like real people, and they feel like people that you would know and that you would hang out with. And like the. <laughs> Sandy and I go back and forth about which one we think is the bigger asshole, uh, Brick or Frankie. But like, I I really think it's Frankie because like, she she's so jealous all the time of yeah. everything. Like when act when act, they're driving out to Denver all together as a family. It's like the last episode um, to take Axel out to Denver for his new job, and Mike gets that old watch that was Big Mike's and fixes it and puts an engraving in there and does this like really sweet, genuine gesture of love for his son. And Frankie gets jealous. Like, it's so fucking funny. Because but Mike also, has never given me a gift that well, that, yeah. that good. Like, yeah, all of his gifts suck, except yeah. for this one. And it's not yeah. one for me. Yeah. When also, like, it's uh, between the two, it's Frankie. Because yeah. again, Rick yeah. is a little boy. Yeah. Rick is a child. Yeah. Like him being a dick just makes sense. Yeah. Whereas Frankie, like, no, you're an adult. You yeah. know better. Yeah. You can make these changes in your personality. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's, yeah, it, it's Frankie. Yeah. yeah. Decidedly so. I love Brick's um, tics that he has because at first it's the whispering thing, right? Yeah. And then it's the whooping. Yeah. Um. But I love that the whooping, um, he gets mad at himself for it. I know that sounds awful, but like he knows no, that yeah. I know exactly what you mean. Go yeah. Because, like, he'll be, he's like, I just want to be normal so people will like me. And he'll be like in high school and he's like eating lunch and he's like, okay, that social interaction went, uh, social, social interaction went well. Whoop. Damn it. Damn. Like, <laughs> what are you talking about? I don't do that. Whoop. Fuck. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, when, and like, yeah, the thing ahead. that I thought was really interesting was, yeah. Um, as he's getting older, he starts noticing it and he starts, addressing it like he doesn't necessarily fix it because it's not yeah. necessarily something he can like full-on stop or or uh, like i mean yeah i don't know if that's a, a would be considered a stem or what um, yeah, it probably is yeah but like he is now aware of it and he's commenting on it and, and like we see that he feels ways about it like yeah. that's like again three-dimensional characters yeah like, and good writing fleshed out characters really good yeah. writing Fuck yeah they do a couple of things like at one point i guess frankie and mike are fighting about something i can't remember what it is and brick is expressing his like anxiety from them fighting by just out of nowhere just blurting out you're gonna love our pizza and he does that throughout the entire episode and then like the subtle jokes that they do where like frankie and mike both come home with pizza and they don't know why they're like yeah i just decided <laughs> that we needed a pizza <laughs> Oh, I fucking God. love that. Like, and then the other one that I love is when Brick, the whole like when he when he would lie, his tell that he was lying would be like, "I'm lying," 
And then he stops doing that. He goes, I don't do that anymore. Now when I lie, I fart. And like, <laughs> it's not like an over cartoonish fart sound effect. But what'll happen is when he tells a lie, all of a sudden everybody just kind of starts looking at each other and sniffing. Like, do you smell that? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. You know, you know the inconsistency with that show that I fucking loved, but it was funny as fuck? was that the front of their house looked like absolute dog shit all the time. It always looked like they just needed to like do some work in the front yard. Same thing with the house. Their backyard was immaculate. That was the <laughs> nicest fucking backyard I had ever seen. Like the lawn was always perfectly mowed. They had this amazing patio out back, but it's, it's consistent because like we were saying, Mike works his ass off and he comes home and he's like, you know what? This is the view that I have from my bedroom window. Mm -hmm. I'm going to make it. This perfect. is the space for me. Yes, exactly. The yeah. front yard is a space for everybody else and yeah. fuck everybody else. Yeah. Also of the two, the backyard is flat. Yeah. The front yard is hilly. Yeah. It's a pain in the ass. So the front yeah. yard, I mean, a bigger pain in the ass. Yeah. For what payoff? Yeah, exactly. Who cares? Yeah. Yeah. That's what I loved about it too. Is like, I'm, I'm, I literally would rationalize it in my head and I'm like, that makes sense. Um, another thing that didn't make any goddamn sense, you have Axel and Brick sharing a room and you have a basement that's just full of junk and you very easily could have pulled, using another sitcom, Home Improvement, and you could have just made, uh, you could have converted one of the uh, the basement into a bedroom for one of the kids. However, that would require extra work and effort. Also, where are you going to put all your stuff? Yeah, exactly. You throw it away? Yeah, which they're never going to do because they well, don't I do mean, that. Yeah. Well, but for not a number of reasons, at least, which is... Yeah. If I get rid of this and I need it again, I can't just buy a new one. Yeah. Because I'm fucking broke. That, mm, there you go. And that's a poor person move and mentality is you don't throw shit away because you might need it later. And like, that's, an, they nail that. They really, really nail that. A hundred percent. Like a very, very well done show. And like. Sandy and I, would, we're not joking about it, but we were like, man, they definitely voted for Trump in 2016. Like, Mike for sure. Mm. Yeah, right? See, yeah. I don't know, because I, I debated this. I was like, yeah, but he was the big city huckster. Would they have fallen for it? There are certainly characters on that show that would have. Yeah. Mike's dad definitely would have. Yeah, big Mike for sure, yeah. Um, and probably Rusty too. You know, may Norm Macdonald rest in peace. I honestly can't remember. Is there is there any like voting episode? No. They stay away from I, politics. See, I think, yeah, I think that's the more likely scenario. Is that neither of them would have voted at all? We need to vote in this election, and then they both forget. They both forget. They both like Frankie can't get off work. Yeah, you can do an entire you can do an entire episode of. Mike doesn't want to get off of work because Mike, he has to work. Why would I take a day off work to choose the, like, why? So I can pick which asshole is going to be screwing me for the next four years? Yeah, they're both arguably horrible. Why would I vote for either? Yeah, I can see yeah. But Sue, they don't touch him. Yeah. yeah. Sue is trying, uh, Sue has chosen a candidate and she is lobbying for them super hard. Yeah. And she is doing everything she possibly can yeah. to try and get, like, like, rock the vote. But yeah. of course it's Sue, so she's like, yeah. set in like 1995 mm -hmm. so all of her references are super dated and kicking at teenstyle.com yes yes <laughs> she yeah she's getting all of her information from kicking teenstyle.com yeah um 
And so she's trying to like rally the entire family to vote. And, you know, at first, like Frankie and and and, uh, and Mike are like, fuck that, that's a waste of time. There's no way, way I'm gonna do that. You want me to get day off work, fuck this. Yeah. And she's, she's pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing. Yeah. And she finally managed to convince them. And like Frankie manages to get the dentist to like rearrange her schedule and Mike gets somebody to cover for him the quarry and like the car breaks down. Yeah. Or they get or, the wrong address in the or they yeah. go to the wrong they go to the wrong polling location. Yeah. That's perfect. Yeah. That's perfect. There's a redistricting. There's a you start the episode yeah. with there is a giant stack of mail that hasn't been touched. Yep. Yeah, I was and just thinking that. There's just yeah. letters and bills and shit that just get pushed off to the side. Yeah. And um, Frankie uh, says we really need to go through this pile Frankie of mail. Says we really need to go through this mail. Mike says, "Are any of them pink or yellow?" Meaning that and they're they, final they, notices. If not, throw them away. All the yeah, they're all the way. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, and they go to the old polling location, and they're like, "Your name's not on here." Uh, you know. Well, I, don't, I don't know why you're here. And like, well, you got the the notice because they changed the districts recently. Yeah, and yeah. they're like, I mean, like, you know, they sent like three or four of them, and of course they're like, no, we didn't get any of that shit. And then yeah. and then you had like the, the smash cut flash yeah. to the mail. They all got yeah. thrown away. I could even see. I could even see. Like, here's the thing: is is you can't do this episode with those political candidates, like uh, Trump versus Hillary. Like, it yeah. just wouldn't work because it is too sensitive of a topic at that time, but you could do fill-ins, right? So like, let's just say they're voting for governor of Indiana or whatever, right? Yeah. Man versus woman, right? Yeah. And I could see Sue being all for the female candidate, you know, woman power, let's do this. And Axel just making a ton of sexist comments and sexist mm. jokes and, oh my God, you can't trust women to do anything, like that sort of shit. And then she goes to East Indiana to visit really him. Impression. Like, I, <laughs> that was really good. It's, it's, <laughs> It's literally, it was, it's literally my little oh. brother. Yeah. Oh, just like, what's wrong with you people? Like, yeah, that's him like 99 <laughs> times out of 100. But like, he's, he's so anti this candidate because it, it's what Sue wants. He's fucking with her the entire time. Yes. And then she goes to East Indiana to visit or to like put out her rock the vote things that she printed from kickingitteenstyle.com. And like, he's there campaigning for her. I, I don't know if he'd be campaigning. But we we could see like yeah. you'd get a shot of Axel going to vote, yeah. and he votes for her. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, because he ultimately has a conscience, but won't admit it, it was because of Sue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's a perfect episode. <laughs> yeah, okay. there you go. There you go. You hear that, ABC? We got you back. I feel like that's I feel like that's the end of the episode. Yeah, this is how yeah. we close this heartwarming thing at the end of it. Yeah. <laughs> so that being said, I hope you. Everybody out there enjoyed us just talking, shooting the shit for the last hour and change. Um, MC was off this week, obviously, um, doing various things that, you know, MC wants to do. Um, So we wanted to have an episode where we just kind of just talk about shit because it's one of our favorite things to do. Um, We hope all of you out there are enjoying this upcoming fall. I am super excited about fall. It's my favorite season, except for allergies. Allergies are kicking my ass lately. That's the worst part about it. I, I still don't understand why the state that I've lived in the majority of my life hates me and is trying to kill me. But go no good. No, no good. But uh, we love you. We appreciate you. Uh, and remember, together there are no heights that we can't reach. Hey, don't 
Thank you for listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Make sure you check out our website, greatgeekrefuge.com, for all of our awesome articles and wonderful podcasts. This has been Pirate Radio Network Production Juice Bags. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, boy! <laughs>